Hello, and welcome to a special presentation of Dick's Picks. <laughs> Plug in your modems, gather up your IP addresses, because today we are diving deep into the classic from the year 2001, Antitrust. As graduating students of the Stanford University Computer Science Department, you have a magnificent foundation. So pretentious. The guy See, knows how the to guy's get people's attention. The guy's a fascist monopoly. Exactly. The guy knows how to get people's attention. He just, he does, man. Shut up. Hello? Milo? This is Gary Winston. I've heard great things about your work. Okay, I don't know who this is, but your timing really blows because I just saw him in a live chat. Well, I'd love to show you some of the things we're doing here. Who was it? You are one of maybe 20 programmers with the mastery it's going to take to change the world. You got to see this. Digital canvas. Doesn't Bill Gates have something like that? Bill who? What did you do with a billion dollars, Milo? What do you think? I think we should sleep on it. This is the technology that will fuel business for the next 30 years. Can you get this done in time to meet your date? With you, I can. Pretty famous around here. To geniuses. Unlisa, by the way. He's buying up pretty much everything. Cable companies, baby bells. Check this out. This is amazing. Who's doing all this? Somebody, yeah. Every time I get jammed up, Gary comes up with something. Are you okay? No. I keep my journal right next to my bed. A week ago, it disappeared. Doesn't it seem kind of strange? you something. Teddy's been killed. Teddy was on something very specific. There's got to be a connection, Alice. I can feel it. Hi, Milo. He says that any kid working in his garage can put him out of business. It's almost like they know what every kid's doing. He's building this network of satellites. You kind of jumpy, Milo. Hurry up. You're not losing your hold on him, are you? Why don't you just do something about that girl, Lisa? We got our eyes on her. The guy's invested billions on getting there first. He'll do anything. It's a cutthroat business we're in, Milo. How do you let go of a secret without telling the wrong person? Who knows who they're paying? There's something I need to tell you. Good chess player always knows his opponent's moves before he makes them. You know how his mind works. It's gone way too far already. In the real world, when you kill people, they die. This isn't a game. I know what you're doing, Milo. I just want to know that it's not affecting your work. Welcome to Dick's Picks. I am Carter, and with me is Mr. Dick. Uh, Mr. Dick, I see you got your Nationals hat on. We're recording in uh, Game 1 of the World Series. Yeah, they're the underdogs, but, you know, I'm rooting for the home team. I think that uh, the pitching's pretty even, and uh, hopefully our big bats come out to play and knock them around, and we don't have to go to the the deep-inning mid-relievers and closers, because that's gonna screw us if we do look at that some very nuanced baseball takes from mr dick to open up this episode so yeah i'm definitely hey, rooting for the Nats for the last month <laughs> we're really hoping they uh, bring a, a world series back to title town all of a sudden with the caps and now the nationals that would just be amazing and don't forget the mystics oh uh, the mystics yes with elena deladon uh yeah but they're, they're gonna rage 
done with sports for now. Okay. Hopefully, we'll finish in time before first pitch. But more important than even the World Series is this month's edition of Dick's Picks, in which we are looking back at Antitrust from the year 2001, uh, directed by Peter Howitt, who had previously done Sliding Doors. Uh, I remember you said you have not seen Sliding Doors, a very successful romantic comedy with Gwyneth Paltrow from 1998. A very distinctive uh, poster you may remember from blockbusters throughout the years. But I, I, <laughs> I, I thought Sliding Doors was the one with Sandra Bullock in The Sleeping Guy. No, 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 no. That's uh, maybe while you were sleeping. But yeah, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about that one. Same movie, whatever. <laughs> Late 90s rom-com. Uh, he also did Johnny English in 2003, which I am very fond of. This movie stars Ryan Phillippe and mm. Tim Robbins, who is really slumming it. It is absolutely chewing up the scenery the whole time. Uh, released wide January 12th, 2001. Interesting bit of trivia. Same weekend as Save the Last Dance. How about that? Um, I didn't see Save the Last Dance. I think Antitrust is the better movie. Uh, it was back then and it is now. Well, a lot of people would disagree with you as it has a 24% <laughs> score on Rotten Tomatoes. Although it does have an audience score of 50, which is much better than the, the Rod Torino score. The public knows better than uh, the critics. But also the public disagrees with you in terms of uh, the box office <laughs> results as it only made $18 million on a $30 million budget. Uh, apparently a lot of that is blamed on it premiering the same weekend as Save the Last Dance. And also the same weekend that Finding no. Forrester opened uh, nationwide. That was the chess movie? That one was way better. Fighting Force is a decent movie with Sean Connery. Uh, it's sort of like, he's sort of like a J.D. Salinger type author who's like reclusive and a young black inner city student who aspires to be... I think Julia Stiles is actually in this and in Fighting Forrester and Save the Last Dance, so this was a very big year for Julia Stiles. But <laughs> aside from that... Killing it. Mr. Dick, when did you... And where did you first see this movie? Was it in theaters? Uh, was it at home on VHS? You know, it might come to no surprise uh, to many people that my youth is a, a, a fuzzy memory. I don't know if it was in theaters. I don't know if it was at a sleepover. But I do remember loving Claire Forlani. <laughs> I had a big old crush on her. And I didn't care if she was going to poison my, my uh, food. I thought, man... <laughs> This nerd's got it all with a girlfriend like that. What was this, middle school, and high so school? I fell in love with this movie. Probably middle high. Yeah, middle school, high school. Good good range, <laughs> Carter. Yeah, I think probably high school. Okay. I, don't think, uh, I don't think I was mature enough for the themes in this movie uh, from in middle school. Well, especially the, the myriad plot twists that we'll, we'll get to in time. But when was the last time you Just... watched it before this, this last rewatch? Uh, this was I, I cannot tell you this was the most recent time i and we were so fortunate because when i said we should watch it it was available for free on amazon prime mm -hmm. and as of the taping it's been pulled off of all free services you got to pay like three bucks yeah i'm not sure if it's tied to ryan Phillippe's uh legal troubles or not but uh, he might it's probably yeah, need also, every dollar he it, can get at this point off of royalties it's it's most likely because uh the 
big uh, tech company is listening to us and our little podcast, and they want to make some money off of the the views. Well, they just don't want us talking about about their nefarious deeds. Uh, which yeah, this movie is sort of known as the movie where Bill Gates kills programmers. Uh, it's much more than that, uh, Mister Dick. Would you <laughs> like to to run down what happens in this movie? Yeah, uh, if you listen to our Skulls episode, there are quite a few themes. Uh, Ryan Phillippe's character, much like Joshua Jackson, excels, and he's from the wrong side of the streets. And is an elite, and, uh, graduate of an elite private school. He's a Stanford graduate. Stanford, elite private school, yep. <laughs> and he's an excellent coder who abandons uh, a startup with his best friends to Skullbox. join uh, Big Bad. Skullbox to join uh, Big Bad Tim Robbins' uh, Microsoft company. Well, Microsoft the CEO company. of Nerve, Gary Winston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And, uh, His best friend Teddy is so, is also hoping to be recruited by, or actually is being recruited by them, but really hates Nerve and the fact that they're monopolistic. Yeah, and they're all about free open source. <laughs> but he goes to work the company, and he realizes that it's built on theft and devious actions, and well, he tries to prove After a lot of initial sort of, uh, <laughs> you know, working at the company. You know, turning a blind eye. Turning a blind eye. Well, he starts getting – well, then, Gary you know, Winston, a.k.a. Uh, Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins. Who, who, do, you, who do you think he's going yeah. more for in this one, Steve Jobs or Bill Gates? Bill Gates. You think he's so? He's got Bill Gates. He, well, maybe <laughs> whole, he's going for Steve Jobs because he takes an explicit stuff. shot at Bill Gates. Yes, he does take an explicit. He's yeah. the only one who's name tracked in the movie. He's like, my house is better than Bill Gates. So Bill Gates is a tiny little idiot. So if Bill Gates, ex- Bill Gates exists in this universe, so he can't be playing Bill Gates, so he must be playing Steve Jobs, <laughs> right? Well, I think I his mean, outfits it, ring for, Steve Jobs. He's wearing like these black turtlenecks. <laughs> And he's got this like stupid yeah. Andy Warhol haircut and glasses combo. Yeah, but I think the you know the company what Nerve does it's like it's more, it's more Microsofty, more yeah program software, not Apple. So it's a combo. But uh, you know it's 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 all just sort of like a, a great backdrop to uh, a movie in which Ryan Philippi goes through all he goes from. Nerd to uh, Mission Impossible agent. Well, geek to, is uh, the preferred nomenclature. Uh, detective. Geek. He's a big time geek. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, he it's moves to. He moves. Awesome. <laughs> basically, yeah. He moves to Portland, which I was befuddled by on the initial watch as to where the location of the Nerve headquarters was. Uh, but Portland is a very convenient yeah. middle point between. Silicon Valley and uh, Seattle, which is where Microsoft is, right? Yeah, and you know Portland looks beautiful. <laughs> it definitely it looks, looks like beautiful a great in this movie. Uh, campus. Although I found out that the campus, uh, the location of the campus, is in British Columbia, in BC. So that is a, another <laughs> convenient uh, sort of parallel to the skulls, which was shot on location in Toronto, which we learned uh, in the development yeah. of that first episode. The Great North is where all the great sets are. <laughs> Apparently, they must offer some great tax breaks on local filming, like Georgia has in in the last few years. Yeah. Always shooting the Marvel movies in Georgia. Yeah, they do. But Milo is is a track where he is recruited. Ryan Phillippe. Ryan Phillippe, yeah. 
Dick prefers the the names of the actors. Uh, but Milo, yes, is assigned to develop Synapse, which is described as a worldwide media distribution network in which one can send video messages to any screen in the world. And uh, <laughs> Gary Winston, always eating, uh, I find. He's like Brad Pitt in the Ocean series. Oh, I was watching this movie, and I was so hungry, and he popped out a, a can of Pringles, and I was jealous. <laughs> I was envious of that can of Pringles. Yeah, he begins coming up to Ryan Phillippe every once in a while with these genius codes that prove to be breakthroughs in this development of Synapse. Uh, Gary Winston never reveals where the codes come from, and Milo, although sus- suspicious initially, continues to work on Synapse. Oh, hi, Gary. In the middle of something? No, I'm... Check this out. Huh? Huh? Wow. Who did this? Uh, Josh or Venkat or what? Somebody, yeah. Think you can use it? Yeah, the compression is awesome. Okay. Well, hmm. Structure's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, so much fun. Love doing this. The governor of Missouri has called upon the president to declare a state of emergency. In local news, a tragic car accident took the life of Portland-area computer software entrepreneur William Sub, a computer science graduate from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology and a genius in his field. And then we get this great moment where Gary Winston presents Milo with the disc containing some sort of algorithm that's perfect for the Synapse thing. And we see co-workers watching a TV about the story about a genius programmer who has been killed in a traffic accident. Or conveniently, they find Ooh, alcohol. Could and those be connected? <laughs> some some real telegraphing in the narrative method, as we'll find. But at this point, it's like not. It, they're it's Easter sort eggs. Of like a funny. <laughs> it's sort of like a funny movie. The tone of it is not exactly serious. Would you say at this point in the movie, the stakes are not so high yet? No, definitely. No, it only gets serious later on when there's uh he finds out about the. Um, the treachery in his home. Well, tease. his That's best his best friend Teddy, who is uh you know former Stanford graduate, also genius. We see him you know programming away while Milo is doing his stuff. Uh, you know Teddy's just always in front of his computer programming away, working on a skull box, and he has a breakthrough, and suddenly he is murdered, and, and Gary Winston presents milo with uh you know a new breakthrough and says to him the answer is not in the box it's in the band which is something that a friend of milo had told him were teddy's last words and this is when the suspicion has been start in milo into discovering that nerve has a vast spiral network in which high-ranking employees surveil the best programmers in america steal their work once they've achieved breakthroughs, murder them and orchestrate cover-ups to make the murder seem like accidents or to frame someone else. So the stakes are suddenly raised to a point that I really didn't expect when I began watching this movie. 
Yeah, you thought it was just going to be business stuff, but it's uh, it's not business to business, it's business to murder. Well, it was more like social network at the beginning. These kids in their garage with the startup, one is picked away by, by a genius Steve Jobs type, and then suddenly, much like how in The Skulls, it just suddenly escalates into violence after being very sort of teen movie-ish. Uh, <laughs> and it's done mm-hmm. in a, a really fantastic way, which we will further break down later. Yeah, it, it's uh, there. There are quite a few twists. You just you, you don't know what's coming, and uh, I guess it's sort of like how these big businesses operate. You don't know what's what the levels you're on. Well, then Milo begins to suspect everyone is in on it and plans a heist with his girlfriend Claire Forlani to find out what's really going in uh, on at Nerve. He breaks into the campus, does some ninja stuff to avoid detection. As uh, Dick hinted at earlier, it is Mission Impossible 3 kind of stuff. He hacks into the system, which is housed in the daycare center on campus, which everyone remarked upon as being such a good thing Gary Winston was doing. Especially as it wasn't for any of the geeks, because none of them have children. Because <laughs> none of them have girlfriends. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, you have to be wary of uh, campuses like these that have all these perks that keep you there on campus. Cause exactly. It's not, you you never know. Why do they want you there for so long? You know, Maybe they just want to control your whole yeah, life. Yeah, and your children. Exactly. It's like uh, it's like he's he's on a Game of Thrones level. He's like got Theon Greyjoy in the kid's pen. He's, <laughs> he's like, oh, he's a Stark ward. This is a ward. You will keep working on your code. But while he's in the daycare center, he finds his gold mine of evidence, uh, and his suspicion is approved correct as it is revealed. Everyone is in on it, including the Justice Department agent who previously recruited him to spy on nerve activities, which we find out was a test by Gary Winston, uh, who's just infiltrated all aspects of society. And the, the nerve agent is uh, yeah. codenamed ND47, which we Specifically, find out... Ryan Philippi's life as well. <laughs> well specific... Ryan yeah. Philippi's life has been infiltrated for because so long. We also find out that Claire Polani so is an ex-felon for some sort of, like, drug charges <laughs> and previously attended, what was it, Harvard and Claire or Fulani, Yeah. Yeah, because uh, yeah, she partied. Uh, <laughs> but, like, up until this point, she was just a loving, artistic... Mm-hmm. Uh, a girlfriend of a super coder, and she was she's helping like super him supportive break into and, the and, campus. Yeah, she was helping him, but like he finds out that he's on on their side, so he has no one to trust. Which brings us to one of our well, well. Then he turns to his coworker, mm-hmm. um, who he finds a file on. Uh, she's the man. She's all that. She's the man. Is in this movie. <laughs> she's all that. Well, yeah, same thing. She's all that. That's completely a, that's different. Movie. She's the man is Amanda Bynes. Well, yeah, she's the man is a superior movie because Shakespeare. Um, but like, uh, she's all that. He turns to her because he's she's her his office crush, and there's a file on her about how they can um, manipulate her into doing the things that they want her to do. And so he thinks, oh yeah, she'll be on our side. But she says to him, uh, what does she say? She says, how do you go, how do you let go of a secret without telling the wrong person? Which is, uh, you know, it's a, t- it's a tough question. <laughs> it's one we must ask ourselves. But his answer is to tell everyone. Yeah. All the time. He, yeah, for sure. That's how he gets, he he tells everyone. Well, but and he gets, he, continue. He, he, he yeah, he, 
So he uh, recruits. Uh, he starts distrusting his girlfriend. What? What's that face? Oh no! Carryon Johnson just suffered a near injury and was put on injured reserve, and he's a, a key cog in my fantasy team. So that's very disappointing news to get in real time. <laughs> well, I'm glad glad you're multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you know, it's he goes in, he figures out how to uh, prove uh, Gary Winston, Tim Robbins. <laughs> Uh, guilt and then he uses the product that he's been building the whole time to Synapse. Uh, show the entire world to broadcast it you on know, literally like, every screen in the world regardless of what you were doing before this way. moment your screen has been taken yeah. over by Ryan Phillippe's incriminating video evidence yeah. which is extremely well produced I might say and that's the thing still at least you're uh, just, the co-worker. You're just walking a, around Times Square trying to get a picture with Elmo, and boom, there's some incriminating evidence <laughs> all a, over a the Samsung being, screen. being beaten to death by a guy who looks like Guy Fieri. <laughs> guy Fieri. Yeah, that guy's awesome. I don't know his name, but he's great. He's in lots of other things. Uh, you know, that one about the Memorial Day orgy that came out. Uh, he's in that one where uh, the the... The kid, teens get murdered, and he's a uh, he's a hillbilly. He's in great movies. <laughs> Who's got synapse, Milo? Does this mean we did it? Does this mean we did it? <laughs> yeah, man. That's what I'm talking Fantastic. about. Fantastic. Yeah, you chimbraca never saw us coming. We're coming. Consumers don't care where new ideas come from, just so long as they're offered at competitive prices. The software business is binary. You're one or a zero, alive or dead. You're one or a zero, alive or dead. You're dead. We do have a monopoly here. We do have a monopoly here. Those who don't innovate are doomed to die. Doomed to die. To die. To die. Doomed to die. There is no second place. Synapse will fully unite the global new ideas are ready to be devoured, redefined, redefined. This business is binary. Either a one or a zero or a zero or a zero. Alive or dead. Alive or dead. Alive or dead. Alive or dead. Alive. Surrounded by predators. Those who don't innovate. Those who don't innovate are doomed to die. There is no second place. Consumers don't care where new ideas come from. Consumers don't care where new ideas come from. Just so long as they're offered a competitive market. Any year, anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world, good idea, put us on We do have a monopoly here. There is no second place. Is it one or is it alive or dead? But yeah, that that is how it finishes with with uh, Gary Winston being brought down by the system being brought down by nerve being brought down, and Ryan Phillippe in honor Where of his it? friend. <laughs> well, that's a big question, but in honor of his friend Teddy, who wanted all of this to be open source, free for everyone, and Gary Winston was all about you know capitalism and monopolizing off people's money, decides to give the code to the whole world. And uh, it you know, creates an open source utopia of the future of the internet. If only, if only the Silicon Valley people had been like Milo, had been like Teddy. 
Well, the Silicon Valley people were like Milo and Teddy because they were all about uh, getting that bit rate down. Or what were they all talking about? Well, no, not the, the TV show. Uh, Just like, you know. Yeah. Steve, like Jobs, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. The compression. Mm-hmm. It's all about the compression. Yes. So, you know, uh, these movies about Silicon Valley and tech, they only have so many uh, so many tasks that the characters have to complete <clears throat> or figure out. It's all well, about the compression. Looking on this, apparently people who are, you know, know more about coding and technology than I do consider this one of the most accurate depictions of uh, the tech world that they've seen in popular media. How about that, Mr. Dick? No. Who? No. <laughs> Who do you know? Who? What, you talking Shiplet? Did no, Shiplet this, has Shiplet no, this, seen this movie? I, don't, I hope he has seen it, but no, just preliminary internet research. You know, looking up reviews and box office information, huh. you come across what you know the the public opinion, and for a lot of people, this is well, a, this is a I, big internet movie. You know, it presages Social Network. It presages is... the Steve Jobs okay. movie that came out a few years ago, the Silicon Valley TV show you mentioned. Uh, I think some of the only uh-huh. ones that come before this are well, the Angelina Jolie Hackers movie with Johnny Lee Miller from 1996. Great movie. <laughs> which is also great depiction. They are great skateboarders. And, and The movie. Net with Sandra Bullock, where she invents the internet. Her Even and better movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, Carter, I'm glad to hear that this is an accurate movie because, um, <laughs> you know, when I make Dick's picks, I like to choose movies that are accurate and really touch home with the, uh, the, the, the what they're the going for. The uh, era, yeah. yeah, I really want them to really hit home and say oh man i was in the skulls this is just like that or like oh man i was a coder this is so much like that that's what i choose but there's there's also other uh other lines of connection that i i go for but that's up to the uh listeners to figure out what they are that's you know i won't tell or will i for me there were three standout scenes among this this myriad plot all of them involving Ryan Philippi. Uh, the first one and the only one that really stood out for me involving Tim Robbins was the reveal in which Milo, you know, discovers that Gary has been orchestrating this massive, maybe only West Coast, maybe only America, maybe worldwide, but regardless, it is a mass <laughs> uh, systematic murder of programmers and also surveillance into their private lives. So, <laughs> a real sort of uh, yeah, real nefarious stuff from yeah. from Gary, and he and he really uh seems to justify it in terms of you know someone else is gonna make money. I'm the one who deserves to make money. Gary is a very complex character, you know, but <laughs> and Gary is he's he's introduced initially as like a Bond villain, and he <laughs> acts like a dumb Bond villain the whole time because he would have gotten away with it if he hadn't murdered Milo's best friend. To get the code, you know, he would have Milo would have just kept being like, oh, yep, some dumb dumb in the basement must have figured out this code. Bloop, let me plug it in. That just shows the importance of Petty as a character because his breakthrough was so important. It was like the thing. So maybe Mm -hmm. Synapse could not have happened without Teddy. And that just brings us to the friendship between Milo and Teddy, which is the bedrock of this movie. Similarly to how the bedrock yeah. of the skulls was Cox, Wayne, Will, and uh, <laughs> Joshua Jackson, but we will get into that when we get into the parallels with the skulls later in the episode. 
But the first scene, the reveal, yeah. where Milo discovers that his boss is a murdering psychopath. Not personally, he just hires people to do it for him. But <laughs> yeah. Gary presents this new discovery to Milo. He says he can't sleep because he's figured out that the push mechanism in the handler is in the band and not the box. And this is a eureka moment for Milo as we smash cut from Mr. Tim Robbins to Ryan Phillippe, in which we get his big moment in a close-up. And we get this amazing Jaws-type zoom out on the foreground, zoom in on the background. And then we get an incredible rapid series of cuts between extreme close-ups on Ryan Phillippe and are cut with even more extreme close-ups of Tim Robbins' mouth as he continues to speak, not realizing the internal crisis that Ryan Phillippe is currently undergoing in a masterful acting performance. But Tim Robbins continues to speak, and an ominous tonal score is introduced. Masterful? (laughs) (laughs) And then flashbacks are dissolved on top of this scene as it continues to occur in real time for us. And we are in this subjective mode in the experience of Milo, which I think Ryan Phillippe is, is relating to us as the audience very well. As Tim Robbins continues to ramble, and we are thinking back on what Claire Forlani and the friend with the weird head, who I find in my research is actually the older brother of Eliza Dushko. How about that? Huh. <laughs> Nepotism in Hollywood. <laughs> but he's thinking back on what they said at the same time while Tim Robbins continues to speak. And he also has flashbacks to Teddy. And it is a standout, extremely technique-heavy uh, performance by the director of Johnny English, which just stood out completely to me on first watching. And I loved that when I read Roger Ebert's review. He was as stricken uh, by this... 60, 65 seconds of masterful cinema technique as I was. I remember you saying that did not quite stand out to you like it did to me, but have you re- have you rewatched this scene or have nah. you reconsidered it since I brought this up to you? No, because it's all behind a paywall and I'm Poe. <laughs> it's all behind a paywall. I, anyway, I, this is, I hope it. I can find the audio clip and I can put it over this because at least that'll be... Uh, enlightening in its own right simply to hear yeah the sheer amount of just stuff coming at you in 60 seconds it was amazing and for me the second standout scene is directly after that it might be like the next scene without anything between it is when ryan Phillippe comes home and tells claire forlani that tim robbins is responsible for teddy's death and this is when ryan Phillippe, who until the previously until the previous scene has been very wooden and has usually been the second best thing in any scene he's in. Oh, just yeah. Totally goes for it. He goes, ban- he goes bananas. He goes bonkers. Because <laughs> at this point, he still doesn't know that she's on his side. Yes. So it's like, oh, man, this is the person I trust and love who's got my side. And she'll believe me when I say that a vampire bit someone in the window across the street. She'll believe me when my Tellerman boss is a murderer and a thief, and and he's just like zooming around and he's losing it, and she's just like, "What do we do?" And he's like, "I'm gonna fix it," and, but that's not. He goes data. from but totally yeah, losing it to getting it back together in the space of like forty and, seconds, all captured in real time with this extended take where the camera's you know, whirling around them. It's a real masterclass. That's performance. just genius love. It's genius level uh, thinking by Milo and great acting by. Well, it's uh, one of those Phillip. moments where you know director, subject, acting all comes together, and just a magical sixty seconds that we 
can all be thankful was captured on camera. Uh, if that had happened in a rehearsal, yeah. that sort of energy it would have been wasted and you know <laughs> not preserved for. Uh, but she, yeah, she agrees to help him though, which is well because how did he convince her? Well, because we find out that Gary Winston knew that Milo was sort of suspicious and that they allow him to break in to this sort of controlled oh. environment that they know no information is in. It's it's a real yeah. sort of like forward thinking on the part of uh, Gary Winston. But we've seen that he's capable well, of that sort of chess. forward thinking where <laughs> he plants, you know, a fake girlfriend from the time Milo was a sophomore at Stanford. So this sort of long-term, real, extended thinking we know is sort of uh, the M.O. of uh, Gary Winston. That's disappointing that Gary Winston let him do it, but I'm still uh, pretty impressed with his planning because in the heist, he dupes the security guard. Well, that was something they didn't account for. Yeah, he dupes the security guard at getting the security, cueing the security guard that suspicious stuff is happening. Yes. And he gets, he builds a cherry bomb. When did Claire Forlani, I mean, I guess Claire Forlani well, she's a felon. Off, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and he gets down into the place where he thinks all the files and sneakiness are happening, and there's just a big old Pepsi machine. Mm-hmm. You know, great product placement, love it, <laughs> needed a Pepsi, was thirsty and hungry when I was watching this movie. <laughs> And so what the Gary Winston and crew didn't count on was Ryan Phillippe recognizing that mouse at the kitty center yes. and going into the kitty center and breaking in to the kitty uh, computers, <laughs> which, you know, I, I, if you're good at coding, are you just good at all software? Like he used that security software to create a, 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 a backup card for himself pretty quickly, but He's just that good. He's one of, you know, the top 15, 20 tech brains in the world. Him and Teddy both. Yeah. He's got to be good at Minesweeper. (laughs) But what? And then he gets into the kitty center and he breaks in. And this is where he finds the evidence. He sees all the video of Teddy, his friend, getting murdered (laughs) by By uh, Guy Fieri. Fieri. And them painting racist epithets on the wall to frame some racist uh, some Oregon Hicks. Uh, offenders. And then he, someone comes in and he, so the computers are all situated around a like big sort of like Lego box. And a guy comes in and Milo Ryan Philippi. He thinks, all right, I got to get inside this computer box so he does, they don't see me. So he gets in there, and instead of, you know, dipping down uh, on the floor, he decides to climb up in the inside of the area so that he can do, like, a Mission Impossible, like, hanging dramatic effect thing. I thought that was unrealistic, but, you know, whatever. Well, you know. That's just Ryan Phillippe's complete skill set. He's not only smart, but he's got a Tom Cruise-level stunt yeah, capability. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. then, for me, the third standout scene, and I know one that you mentioned was standout for you on first watching, is this amazing scene oh, where yeah. Claire Forlani makes him dinner, which is remarked upon as unusual by Ryan Phillippe upon entering <laughs> the door where he says, you never cook. 
And she's just like, like a nice dinner date in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. She's like, I'm doing a nice yeah. thing for you. But this is such a treacherous seeming uh, opportunity because we learned in a previous scene where they were dining out, as we know that neither of them have culinary skills, where Ryan Phillippe almost eats a poppy mm-hmm. seed biscuit and Clover Lightning slaps it out of his hand. And we learned that he is deathly yeah. ill. And this is also in the archives she knows it. of Nerve because we yeah, see yeah. an allergy test, which seems very personal sort of information to be in someone's like personal Not archive. just an allergy test, though. What, what, what else? Also, was? a video of one of his allergy attacks <laughs> and him being taken away by the ambulance. Like a, like a first-person video of it. And this just like shows she, you how Nerve has so much access to, to the lives of all the people they, they want to have access on. Yeah, it's crazy. And, oh, that scene. I so, so Claire Forlani, even though she was... Well, we don't know whether she's a murderer, crazy murderer or not. She's made this food for him and yeah. proceeds to go up to change and put makeup on, which seems to take like an eon. It's like at least 15 minutes. But And we're intercutting she's... between Milo frantically searching for poppy seeds in any of the food. You know, getting the sauce, because, looking at the yeah. rice, looking at the chicken, mm-hmm. and we're intercut with her like putting makeup well, no, on before and looking the food, in the mirror. Before the food, because in a previous scene, he's looking for scissors or something, ah, and yes, he yes. finds a whole bag of poppy seeds in her toolbox. <laughs> and at this point, he he knows she's in his in Tim Robbins' pocket, so yes. he flashes back. He's like, "Oh crap, she's got a bunch of poppy seeds. I need to make sure they're still there, and they're not there." So then he starts looking through the food and going crazy. Meanwhile, she's getting real sexy assassin style ready for dinner. <laughs> kind of like, oh, I'm looking in the mirror. Could this ma- could this lipstick have poison in it? You'll never know, or maybe you'll find out. And then he goes to extreme measures to confirm that there's no poppy seed. Well, they begin food. they begin having he, dinner, and he he introduces all kinds of excuses, like, "Hey, maybe we should open the wine first. You know, maybe you should give me some chopsticks." Nope. And while she Ooh, is in the kitchen, he takes a fork to his forearm and begins cutting himself, mm-hmm. and rubs and the then sauce. He takes a little dab <laughs> on the sauce, yeah, and puts it on the forearm, and he knows it takes a minute before it starts to hit so he's looking at it he's looking at it and he's going oh man time's running out going, maybe, maybe we should do a toast <laughs> yep and they, they uh, toast will give him some more time and then she says uh-uh no toast for you and straddles him <laughs> and then she says i love you and then she dips her finger in the sauce and her unclean well i guess she's been cooking so i hope it's clean but yeah. she dips her finger in the sauce like to the to the second knuckle, and then she shoves it into his throat to the third knuckle, and I'm to, and he's just like okay. Uh. Well then, uh. twist. She does not kill him. She actually does love him, which for yeah. me was incredible. But other I thought for sure the wine would be poisoned. Something would be poisoned. His yeah. allergy thing would start flaring up. So me expecting yeah. craziness, I'm shocked when. It ends up that she just loves him and made him dinner. The, Why was she making him dinner? What was special about expect- this evening? <laughs> uh, I don't know. She just, yeah, I don't think Gary Winston's, he's, 
He's not a, a micromanager in this uh, in this job, I guess. He's well, just he's sort got, of uh, he's working on synapse. Just, he's on this is this all important deadline, yeah. which forces him to kill programmers from San Jose yeah. to Seattle. Yep, but this also allows uh, Ryan Philippi to whisper her real name into her ear, yes. which Claire Forlani responds to, and then she realizes, "Huh, I've been caught," and then they don't address it until the end. No, not really. And, just, and at the scary. end, after Claire Forlani ends up being on his side, helping him in his plot to bring down Nerve, uh, drops him off at his house and just leaves after declaring her love yeah. for him and doing so much stuff for him. Yeah. It was a real it was you a real think? shocker for me, especially after most movies yeah. like around this time. You know, the whole point is that the, the attractive people get together. We saw that in the skulls which we will get to in a second here in our next segment, Parallels with the Skulls. Yeah. But for me, that was the great disappointment yeah. of this movie, that Claire Forlani and Ryan Philippi do not end up together at the end. That was not the greatest point in the movie for me. I thought that No, it was the most the disappointing aspect. Oh, okay. But in between those two scenes, he goes in, he gets the stuff, and he uses... He finds out that she's all that has been working for Tim Robbins the whole time. A real underdeveloped so character. He has yeah. Uh and I thought she was going to be really more developed because I had I rewatched the preview before rewatching the movie and in the preview there's a scene with the two of them in bed. So I thought, "All right, love triangle didn't happen." No, real didn't disappointing. Happen. All we got were some uh, glares from Claire Forlani and some conversations yeah, in the rain between <laughs> Lisa and Myla. But aside from that, yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing. But ninth grade, has Mr. Been... Dick would uh would get too excited about. No, definitely not. But so, what did you think about the? So, what would you call that? You think it's the girlfriend turns out to be the other girl, a double mixy switcheroo? I was just well, saying they a, hit you with the hesitation. They hit some... you with the hesitation there. You think it's one thing, and it goes the other way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it it gets you, and. I also I I didn't know what to think. I think uh, she's she's all that might be uh, like have a little relationship with Tim Robbins in the movie because she gets all she's like a she's like a Bond villain like uh, female henchman. She's like Xenia. This is Xenia, and uh, she like goes next to him and says, "Don't worry, Tim Robbins, I got it." But the whole plan has been. Uh, to steal the tape and put it on a public broadcast TV. Mm-hmm. But instead, he's got a second plan with the security guard in which they use Synapse, which uh, he's been building for Tim Robbins, which... Uh, so, oh man, this is getting heady for me. Well, it's the ultimate irony. He, he uses his technology against him in the end. And brings him down but, with but the thing Tim, that he has caused so yeah, much destruction Robbins, to bring about. Tim Robbins was also fueling the sort of paranoia and investigation <laughs> into himself to yes. finish Synapse. So it's like he brought his own downfall. <laughs> well, he, he was yeah, fueling yeah, he, the, the investigation in hopes that it would blow over. And that Milo would realize the importance of the task at hand. And, you know, say, like, these lives are not as important as, as Synapse and what Synapse will do for the world. Yeah. 
Tim Robbins is sort of like me on the basketball court thinking I can cross someone over and I just break my own ankles. So uh, we're going to move on to this next segment. Uh, no, wait, wait, the best, the best line. Well, no, we'll Ryan get to Philby that. Get... Okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> Save that for later. Save that for later. This is a big reveal. Oh, okay, okay. So we're gonna we're gonna look at some thematic and plot parallels to the skulls, which was the first uh, uh, movie in the inaugural edition of Dick's Picks. Which, if you have not listened to by this point, I I recommend. I think it was a good episode. Uh, so I also th- recommend watching it, despite Carter telling others not to. They all just need to listen to the podcast. <laughs> you gotta watch the movie too. So for me, the first thing, the first thing that stood out and was a real glaring sort of, of similarity was a young white main character played by a late nineties teen heartthrob who had ultimately disappointing actor careers, namely Joshua Jackson and Ryan Phillippe. Yeah. Furthermore, both characters are orphans and turn back on old friends to pursue opportunity and enter into previously unknown worlds of wealth, and ultimately, murder. Yep, that is correct. <laughs> you and Andrea had the same, yep, that's right. And both white protagonists have non-white best friends who are murdered by wealthy shadow organizations that the protagonist, the protagonist is now a part of, Namely, Cox Wainwell and the Skulls, and Teddy Chin and Antitrust. And in both cases, the murder incites the protagonist to action against this shadow organization. Also, the murders are caught on film, and the protagonist sees the murders on film. Well, which brings (laughs) me to my next point, and... I think the most significant uh, thematic similarity to both these movies is the ubiquity of surveillance and specifically surveillance technology and the acquisition of incriminating video evidence as a means of bringing down said shadow organization. Yeah. Well, I thought that, uh, yeah, there's similarities there, although the technology in the movies differed. Uh, yes. You know, we with have the videotape technology in the skulls. And yeah. walking them around. And having just giant cameras all over their their space so that people could scope it out. Meanwhile, in this movie, Antitrust, they got little – their little fiber optic yeah, You don't even know whether or not you are fishing. being surveilled. You yeah. could simply be in your place of work working on a mm-hmm. computer. And meanwhile, two high-ranking nerve yeah. employees are writing down everything that appears on your monitor. So a, a more sort yeah, of dangerous is, surveillance society than we see in the skulls. Well, it's and also, a more wide ranging uh, one. As the skulls, it is limited to the premises of the headquarters. While on this one, it invades even the home. Although we do see a bit of audio surveillance on a uh, on the main character of the skulls, in which they have their their steamy moment in the in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And also, we haven't seen Skulls too. Maybe it expands out. Maybe the universe grows. Maybe. And, um, it goes to the Princeton campus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the, yeah, it was, uh, and, it was pretty... Uh, okay, the, that's another the, Well, the second big thematic similarity, and I guess plot similarity, is the infiltration of wealthy shadow organizations into all aspects of society 
particularly law enforcement, mm-hmm. creating the great irony that the institutions meant to protect us are actually compromised by those in power as a means to imprison us. Yep. You can't <laughs> trust no copper. Don't trust the five up. The, um, I mean, ND 47 in this one, you, mm-hmm. he comes and you think, all right, trustworthy. And the detective in the skull, but also right, sort of suspicious from the beginning as his job pitch to Milo was so underwhelmingly obvious. He said, I will give you like 20 grand in a pinto. And this is said to a person who is like on the cusp of becoming like a multimillionaire. Yeah. Real low ball offer. <laughs> and my final similarity but, you, you, is yeah. the, the atypical looking violent hitchman. In the skulls, we got Provost Shooter McGavin, and in this movie, we have Tech Bro <laughs> Guy Fieri. <laughs> Guy Fieri, yeah. Uh, well, I think that Guy Fieri was more suited to it. He was, he wasn't a geek like the rest of them. He well, was Shooter McGavin was a stone cold murderer in the skulls. You don't mess with Shooter McGavin, <laughs> but you also, the Provost, probably shouldn't be doing murders. You're right. <laughs> So any, any for you that, that stick out uh, aside from the ones I've mentioned here? No, those are all absolutely correct. But here's my question. Do you think you would have been suspicious of the Department of Justice guy if not for seeing the skulls before? <laughs> no, probably not. Yeah. And strangely enough, well, in both I'm cases, the corrupted government officials were African-Americans. How about that? Yep. I have nothing to say about that. <laughs> no more fastballs for you, Carter. I think I'm throwing sh- curveballs. You're going to have to pick up some more things. I think that shows some uh, some serious sort of institutional racism on the part of the filmmakers. But that's just me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, I agree. They're, they're, yeah, I agree. That's some late 90s stuff. That's not cool. That's, uh, that was something I was thinking about is maybe if these movies were made today – uh, the protagonist would have been some sort of minority simply to make the fish out of water scenario uh, maybe even more noticeable. He's around, you know, all white people. He's not only across the tracks and an orphan, but he's also a minority. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would, that would bring it, let's reboot both of them in that way. <laughs> I love it. So from that, I, we are going to move on it. to best quote of this movie. I know there are some favorites on your side. But let me just let me just run some down. Maybe you've forgotten some of these, but one that stood out to me on looking okay. up some quotes is security guard Bob, the security guard so essential to the downfall of Nerve, who was initially mistrustful of Milo and was like, this kid, you know, fuck this kid, he's out to get me, but has an amazing mm-hmm. quote in the scene where they are investigating the daycare center and they are doing some classic fingerprint identification some old school stuff. He's very, you know, mistrustful technology. Yep. He's using classic dust. I know where you're going with this. He says, dust the colon in the backslash key. Only geeks use those keys. <laughs> they use geeks so derogatorily in this movie. It's wonderful. And then uh, <laughs> something that the quote from actually before that, this is the night that Milo is infiltrating the campus, you know, looking around. Uh, going in places you shouldn't be going. We get the guard in Building 20 
When asked how it is going, he says, Big night, switched from tea to coffee, brought new meaning to my work. This struck me as somewhat I unusual. That, I feel like someone is more likely to switch from coffee to tea. Would you agree with that? Uh, yeah, if they're drinking too much caffeine, they're trying to cut back. But if you're if you're working the night shift and trying to really amp it up, I guess he's... Why was it he already drinking he's, he's coffee? He's going... He's got, you know, I don't know. He's, yeah, it's pointless. He should be drinking coffee. This is America. And, okay, we're going to get to our first <laughs> first Gary Winston quote, which is introduced oh. very early in the movie. This is, and I think, a TED Talk. Pre-credit sequence, I think this is uh, when we get this. Uh, this is sort of like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the sort of quote that identifies his motives as a character. He says, in the tech business... You're either a one or a zero, alive or dead. That for him shows the stakes of mm-hmm. making money. It's it's kill or be killed in the tech world. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and it leads into. Uh, I guess it go. It fits in pretty well. Well, it leads to the, the ultimate quote to finish off this movie yeah. after Milo has brought down yeah. the whole nerve system. I, do you want to take this one? Yeah, I do. I've been itching to get this one because Ryan Phillippe was too. When he delivered it, it was like a, it was a real punch to the face of Tim Robbins. He goes, this isn't a game. In the real world, when you kill people, they die for real. <laughs> and in the real world, you're fucked. This was mine, Milo. You tell that to the people you stole it from. Tell it to Teddy. Come on. It's only a matter of time before someone owns the information. You can't stop it. You're slowed it down. I slowed you down, Gary. That's what matters to me. This isn't a game. In the real world, when you kill people, they die. For real. And in the real world, you're fucked. <laughs> that was that was the F-bomb they saved for the very end of the movie. Because it's kept a PG-13 rating. You're only allowed one F-bomb. Yep. I think they rationed it pretty yep. well. I think it brought some impact. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, I was like, oh, my ears are bleeding. and <laughs> Oh, Gary Winston's going down. It's only two quotes left for me. The first one, which I think is a real sort of, I think it says a lot about the, the world of tech. This is a quote from Teddy, rest in peace, before he's ultimately murdered by Guy Fieri. Uh, he says, the worse you look, the smarter they think you are. <laughs> I guess that's sort of, uh, you know, that that gets transferred over to social network. Yes, it does and, very much. So know, all those other. Yeah. So true. <laughs> that guy's smart. And lastly, uh, what I think is the mantra of this movie, uh, the one that should be repeated ad infinitum to represent what antitrust is, as a movie. It's not in the box. It's in the band. It's in the band. <laughs> it's in the band. So out of these, I think I know which one you're going for. What do you think is the best quote from Antitrust? Oh, oh, one more. I forgot from Guy uh, Fieri. The quote yo, that for me might I be the pick. What about mine? <laughs> no, wait, 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 okay. You can get to yours, but yeah, my last one, Guy Fieri. What does, what, look, okay, I didn't get into character as douchebag tech bro. What's with the Mission Impossible 3 bullshit, Milo? You're a geek! 
<laughs> Mission Impossible exists in this world. I love it. I love it. <laughs> while while he's trying to jump over a fence with the floppy disk, that's when that one comes. It was great. Here's here's uh, I think that uh, obviously the best line is the final line with the f bomb because you know that's the best line. But we. I didn't write down Tim Robbins had a great speech to motivate his crew. Yes. It like it, it ben blew Slavardi out kind of any stuff. given Sunday out of the yeah. water. I was ready to code out a code through a wall for him, <laughs> but that was, it was too <laughs> ready long to eat to 10 down, cans of tuna fish and have three all-nighters. Yeah. <laughs> you forgot the, the one at the very beginning of the movie that kind of clues you into Claire Forlani's intentions. Which one is where that? Where she, Ah, yes, yes. She's Yeah, she's kind of talking to Milo and saying, maybe you should check out the Nerve campus. And then she pulls uh, another friend from the startup aside and says, uh, what's the best way to... Oh, let me get into character. What's the best way to manipulate somebody? Don't try. <laughs> Did that sound like a femme fatale? That sounded a little bit like Nerve uh, Perlotti. <laughs> I guess <laughs> you can you can fix it up in post, <laughs> but I I have some that, those are the, I think we hit all the quotes. I have some miscellaneous things that we didn't hit. Some some miscellaneous post uh, script yeah. notes. Yeah, we can do that before I get to my my unanswerable questions to finish this thing yeah. off. Yeah. Um. Well, for, for me, this the, isn't a I think a good campuses. enough quote to include in the best quotes. But I loved that Ryan Philippi reveals to us that he's an orphan by flatly stating my parents are dead. It's not as good as Joshua Jackson <laughs> saying, yep, Thanksgiving's usually just us at a Domino's. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's pretty good. So we forgot to mention the digital canvases. Yes. That that are in Tim Robbins's house. And proved to be they, a very nice little it, narrative device to show someone is in the room with you. Yeah, right. They change and to show your favorite artist when you're in the room. So uh, at one point, Ryan Phillippe is sneaking around trying to get like the satellite numbers or something. Mm -hmm. And he's going all through uh, Tim Robbins's house. And you can see the paintings change into this sort of steampunk comic fish alien pornographic hentai and then yeah hentai and (laughs) so then as tim robbins follows him the painting starts to shift Mm -hmm. and you you, it was a those were great uh that was a great little scene that we missed i i want one of those digital canvases (laughs) um we also that was something predicted 18 years ago that has not really caught on shockingly enough i think rich people still enjoy owning uh, original work to show off how rich they are something that was predicted 18 years ago that has come to fruition is tim robinson going tim robbins going off about uh open source people on the internet putting his wife's face on porn star bodies (laughs) and he doesn't like it and he'll do anything to stop them yeah well i think he also suspects that bill gates's people are behind it if i remember correctly Oh, yeah. Uh, Nerve, do you know what it stands for? Uh, it was a very sort of uh, truncated 
uh, acrostic poem for the name of a company. It is never underestimate radical vision. Yeah, that's I, I love it because <laughs> radical is a real uh, buzzword everyone likes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so I got Andrea also <laughs> going back to the themes. Andrea, quote, she said, there's a theme of betraying male friendships for personal gain in all your movies so far. So she saw the themes when we watched it together. Well, but there's also Um, a real coming back together in both movies with his original friend group to bring down shadow organization that has murdered his best friend. Yeah. Yeah, you you can't, you know, (laughs) don't get uh, don't get thrown off off uh, track by money. Unless exactly. you're that pu- local public security guard who uh, <laughs> kind of shut down the NPR station for $132. <laughs> I would do a lot for $132. I'd mostly eat gross food. But, yeah, those are those are my miscellaneous takes. Well, what also, are your unanswerable questions? My unanswerable questions, to begin with, why did Tim Robbins do this movie? Because it's a great movie, and Tim Robbins has great taste. This comes two years before he wins an Oscar for uh, Mystic River. Uh, it comes off of... He won an Oscar? He did win an Oscar for Mystic River. Do you think he thought he was wow. going to win an Oscar for this movie? He It is a real sort of heavy supporting part. Do you think um, it was just a paycheck? I don't... You know, these people are artists. They they really, they when they get to the level of a Tim Robbins or a Ryan Philippi or a, uh, she's the, all that, they really have to uh, be uh, judicious in their choices because they don't want to uh, just tarnish do it for a buck. Yeah, they, they have to look at their whole body of work. So Brings I think he to... thought he was going to win an Oscar. My next question and a nice little bit of uh, half-assed internet, internet research uh, I found on some background in this movie. Was Ryan Phillippe got a million dollars simply for signing on to do the movie? That's that's fine. My question is, why was Ryan Phillippe a thing? Uh... You said he was big back in the day. Well, he, that's he had sort that of why was he big? He's the, such a this... wooden actor. He's so wooden in so much of this movie. He only really brings any sort of charisma in the, like the two scenes. Yeah. <laughs> well, they could they couldn't get Freddie Prince Jr. They couldn't get Leo. Leo uh, they seems like Paul an Walker. obvious sort of pick. How good for this, this movie? movie? If it had How had good Le- would this movie be if it had been Paul Walker? Well, Paul Walker, I don't buy oh. as Stanford geek. He'd be like calling all yeah, these guys virgins but the you whole buy time. ryan philippe no i don't either i think They're leo i think leo would have been good i think uh you know who would have been good yeah. is uh toby uh, mcguire toby mcguire it's exactly what i was thinking of yeah uh beat you <laughs> <laughs> i told you i'm good at that uh that what is that the game where you say a movie and then you say an actor or a director or something and then you say another movie and you form a chain. I'm like good at that game. We Kevin could play Bacon? it one time. Huh? <laughs> I guess kind of. Next question. Why aren't there more good tech movies? I think of The Circle from 2017 with Tom Hanks and Emma Watson. Terrible, terrible movie. 
in in many ways is oh, just sort of a remake yeah. of Antitrust, but with Emma Watson in the Ryan Phillippe role. But why aren't there better yeah. tech movies around? I love Social Network. I love Steve Jobs. We need more murderous tech CEOs. Yeah, I don't know. It's just... Uh, I it's just a boring subject like watching people code you have to add all the of the, the intrigue elements and, of espionage and, and, and shadow organizations infiltrating yeah. the justice system yeah I didn't see the circle I heard it was a good book though Ah, maybe the source material is better my final question Always. I don't know if you have any did antitrust invent the iPhone with synapse Yes. Antitrust <laughs> invented the iPhone. It invented Google Maps. It invented FaceTime. It invented FaceTime. Um, Netflix. It invented FaceTime. Uh, it, it invented, invented Xbox um, Live. YouTube. It invented PlayStation. It invented the Switch. Uh, Antitrust invented everything. It invented open source home is the way the surveillance. Uh, yeah, it invented Ring. <laughs> Any, any final unanswerable questions for you, Mr. Dick? Um, how do you did you like it? Did you? Wh- <laughs> I, I love. Where it. would you put this? Do you, I love antitrust. I give this, I give this a a thumb up and you know a couple fingers saying yeah that was cool. Yeah, I think that I would give it you know uh, a three and a half out of five. I liked it a lot when I was younger. Because uh, I think it caught me off guard, but now that I've seen it a few more times, I kind of know the twists, and I'm also just kind of like the twists are wild. This is a movie that just escalates and continues to escalate. Yeah, and if In you way, know what's coming, the skulls coming, kind it's kinda... of did, but Antitrust took it to to levels even beyond the skulls. The skulls was small time compared to Antitrust. Yeah, it's just world building. <laughs> yeah. One thing it did not have was a standout Paul Walker level, on God level performance in this movie. So, uh, no, it, I guess just Guy Fieri. <laughs> Guy Fieri was a nice little uh, background sort of character, but yeah, Antitrust no longer on Amazon Prime, uh, available to rent on YouTube, which is what I did. Uh, we will yeah, come back party. next month with a special reverse. Dick's picks, where I introduce the movie that Mr. Dick has not seen before, and we will be doing Jacques Demy's *The Umbrellas of Cherbourg*, a classic sung through French musical, a French New Wave musical. What? <laughs> great, great film. I think it is a little art house oh, enough man. to be something unfamiliar and foreign to you, but not so crazy that you will not be able to follow the movie. Uh, I would recommend watching it on the Criterion channel online. You can get a 14-day free trial and have access to the entire Criterion library. So I recommend taking advantage of this free trial and watching some more interesting American independent films or foreign films. uh, (laughs) I'll watch Battle of Potinkin over and over again. That was on Netflix for a long time, actually, which I'm disappointed to say it is no longer. I'm not disappointed. I'm kind of pleased. I think I'm. Uh, I, 
This is going to be a little bit more cultured than I like, Carter. So well, this is the we'll great see thing about this one goes. is I get to introduce you to something yeah. you would not have otherwise seen. And for me, Umbrellas of Cherbourg, yeah. one of the great works of foreign cinema. Very watchable film. Not exactly funny, <laughs> but beautiful in many ways. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for this next episode. It'll be a little bit okay. different. But I, I, I hope to bring about I guess we're gonna, a different side to Mr. Dick. I guess I'm going to feel things, and then I'm going to talk about the feelings that I feel. So everyone's got a lot to look forward to next Ready time. Ready for some French stuff. So thank you for listening to this latest episode of Dick Specs Antitrust. I'm going to eat French fries while I watch. You're going to have some freedom fries, baby. Hopefully the Nats win tonight. Max Scherzer. About to rip the innards right. out of the Houston Astros and their little midget second baseman, Jose Altuve. Thank you for listening. Place your bets now. Place your bets now. Say goodbye, Mr. Dick. Thank you, everybody. See you next month. Would you dance if I asked you to dance? You guys are fascist monopolies. Would you run and never look back? Would you cry? If you saw me crying And would you save my soul tonight? Undermine the entire economy? Over what? A cyber prank? If I touched your lips Would you laugh? You're alive or dead? You're one or zero? Alive or dead? Dead. For the one you love Hold me in your arms. Break down the door if you have to. But give me that disc. Get in here! How'd this happen, Phil? I don't know. Be your hero, baby. I can kiss away the pain. Yeah, you Jim Brockner never saw us coming. We're coming. I will stand by you forever. You can take it. Insane. What do you think you're doing? I'm letting people know what you've been doing. Phil, where's the signal coming from? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Faster! Would you swear that you'll always be mine? Or would you lie? Would you run the Who's got synapse, my love? Have I lost my mind? I don't care you're here. Okay, I don't know who this is, but your timing really blows because I just saw him in a live chat. I can be your hero, baby. I can kiss away the pain. I will stand by you forever. You can take my breath away. Tell that to the people you stole it from. Tell it to Teddy. Come on. It's only a matter of time before someone owns the information. You can't stop it. You're slowed it down. I slowed you down, Gary. That's what matters to me. This isn't a game. In the real world, when you kill people, they die. For real. And in the real world, you're fucked. I just wanna hold you 